0: Derek peered beyond the rain-streaked window, rotting gables hung down over the glass, narrowing his view. His pale eyes lingered over the scene, hoping to glimpse the familiar shapes of his companions melting out of the gloom. They were a full day late. He had yet to determine if they were friends or simply acquaintances, but he'd grown accustomed to their company, for better or worse. Whatever the case, there was no sign of the trio, and the house had grown too quiet for his liking, despite the accommodating atmosphere it provided for his alternate persona. Eric and his kindred had all been gathered, hidden, within one of the many abandoned cities that lined the east coast. Metropolitan corpses left to fester shortly after the close of the great darkness. Prior to the new witch trials of the fall of 2002, and the many lynchings facilitated by its abundant oak trees, the city was known as Kettleston. It now sported a more historically fitting title, Dead Witch. Scores of Malsapiens were scattered throughout its decaying suburbs, getting up to whatever amused them, provided, of course, they did not offend their masters and came when called upon. Eric's group had been labeled The Passengers, likely for no other reason than to set them apart from the other groups haunting the dead city. They had resided together in the lopsided bungalow on Lineage Street for the past three months, having only been deployed on two occasions. On this latest excursion, for whatever reason, Eric had been instructed to remain behind, causing no small amount of concern for the man who always had at least one foot in the grave. Wandering to the part of the house that had once been a sunroom, Eric took a seat on the crooked wooden bench and watched the passing storm, rocking back and forth very slightly, just enough to make the old wood creak. The storm was impressive. Even as he watched, a tree limb tore free and splintered to pieces across the yard, compelled by the unrelenting wind. Debris lay everywhere, deepening the dour mood of the abandoned landscape and the man who looked upon it. Isolation was no friend to Eric, as his mind enjoyed returning to its torments whenever opportunity allowed, a crooked finger all too eager to pry at scabs. The drab skies became the backdrop for horrible recollections, cold memories descending as surely as the February rain driven by forces capable of far more than breaking branches. All Malsapiens were united by a single experience, the horror that remade them from fleshed cloth spun upon the darkest loom. They had come to know intimately the powers of a specific and wicked machine, referred to by most as the melengian few knew anything of consequence about it, save for the strong rumors that it had been recovered from the Nazis during World War II, and that it currently lay in the hands of the United States government. Most importantly, the machine, if indeed that's what it was, was known to either transmute or kill anyone placed inside of it. In Eric's case, it had only one of the two options available, and so chose the former. Lightning raked the sky as he recalled the moment he'd laid eyes upon the hellish device. How it seemed alive and coiled, radiating darkness like a dead sun, burning cold and black upon the skin of his newborn soul. It was slightly visible in the dim light, and his nascent vision only plucked from the shadows its basic outline. But he knew unequivocally, in the spaces beyond his traditional senses, where man tread with an awareness only occasionally possessed, the machine was alive. Unlike most sapiens, however, Eric didn't recall entering the machine. Corpses weren't generally subjected to experimentation during those early trials, but resurrection, it turned out, would prove to be the least of the machine's magic tricks. A knock at the door broke the lanky Englishman from reverie, his attention returning from the other side of his pale blue eyes. His fellow passengers would have simply entered, so he was curious to learn who might seek him out in such weather. Inwardly, he was just hopeful for company, anything to keep the memories at bay. The rotting wood floor groaned under his passage across the sitting room, and the rickety front door was no less irritated. A woman stood on the tumble-down porch, holding a large backpack. She was unknown to him, but he offered her a wan smile nevertheless. "'Can I help you?' Eric asked, thinking how foolish his words must have seemed. As if their circumstances, relegated to a ruined house within an abandoned, if not altogether haunted city, permitted normal pleasantries, the kind best left to the pre-darkness world."
1: "'I'm Hazel. I uh, i was sent here,'
0: the woman said, looking down at the cracked floorboards, a slight tremble riding the length of her words. She was shivering, either from fright or the cold, or perhaps both. But Eric had seen this look before, and was fairly certain what was troubling her. "'I understand completely. Won't you please come in?' he said, as warmly and as gently as he could." ...realizing she was very likely fresh from the damnation machine, as it was oft-referred. He hadn't uttered a sound for weeks after his own turn in the thing. She seemed to shrink past him, not so much as a glance upward as she went. I'm not sure what they might have told you to expect... ...but our accommodations are certainly more than a little wanting, I'm afraid. There are quite a few available bedrooms upstairs, however... You, uh, have your pick of them, of course. He was quickly running out of things to say. Until he finally offered, Is there anything I can get for you? Hazel only looked up at him, revealing the irony behind her name. Her eyes were like ice, shimmering echoes of a bygone blue. She took a seat upon the old recliner. We have a generator in the basement that powers some of the amenities we've acquired, So we have chilled juice and tea, beer and wine, too, if you're partial to that sort of thing. Eric denounced all spirits, especially the drunkenness they often led to. And for good reason. It was difficult for him to manage his condescension of the stuff.
1: Do you have coffee?
0: Hazel asked after a protracted silence. Yes, I I believe I can manage coffee. "'Eric said with some obvious relief, "'glad for the exchange, any exchange. "'He made immediately for the kitchen "'to prepare them both a drink. "'As he waited for the kettle to boil, "'he searched himself for the proper way to approach, "'comfort, the worried woman. "'He reflected upon the perverse fondness "'his masters seemed to derive "'from leaving them out in the cold, "'to learn the harshest way possible. "'She looked to be just out of her teens,' A troublesome time all by itself. But to be faced with such awful mysteries on top of it all. Thank you for going to all the trouble. Hazel said, as Eric lowered a steaming cup into her shivering hands.
1: I just... I don't know what to think of all this.
0: She seemed to have steadied herself somewhat in his absence, appearing a bit more able to converse. They didn't tell you anything about what you would be doing here. Eric's tone was nearly rhetorical.
1: Who are... they?
0: She asked, as if the question might summon reprimand. Eric used the time it took to lower himself into the overstuffed chair opposite her and stir his coffee to prepare his response. Well, ostensibly they are scientists in the employ of the colon... Uh, United States. But that's not quite right, I don't think. Rather, I believe they are part of a vast secret society that stretches dendritically beneath all the great halls of power, from shore to shore, wherein they form but a small room within an otherwise enormous house. His words came out alongside a resolute sadness, as if he were articulating the terms of their imprisonment. Hazel looked down at her coffee, the storm catching the silence off guard with a peal of thunder as the sky cleared its throat.
1: "'And the machine,'
0: she began, still looking down, "'taking time to choose her words carefully. "'Yes, the melengian Eric interjected, "'disdain lacing his words.
1: "'What does it want?'
0: she asked, looking up from her coffee. "'Throngs of terrible things rose from the black pits "'of their shared memories as the question more fully loomed. "'It was the question they all asked.' They knew, perhaps better than even their masters, that the machine had its own agenda, to which the sapiens served as mere pawns. The sound of wind-whipped rain collected within Eric's long silence, as if his next words would cue the thunder. He tried to assemble an answer that didn't sound as awful as it should, but Hazel headed off the storm.
1: I'm very tired. I think I'd like to check out those rooms you mentioned.
0: As Eric reached out to collect her half-empty mug, the device affixed to his right arm projected slightly beyond his sleeve. Hazel recoiled from the alien-looking apparatus, dropping the cup to the floor. She leapt to her feet, assuming a combative posture, her fists out in front of her. Eric felt something from those eyes of hers, making the world feel... Unstable.
1: If you try to use that thing on me, you'll regret it.
0: Hazel hissed, her earlier sheepishness gone. My... my apologies, Hazel. I I didn't mean to frighten you. It's... it's nothing you need to worry yourself over. Eric placed his cup down carefully and rolled up his sleeve, revealing the instrument strapped to his arm. It's... something that makes my little gift from the machine... A bit more manageable. Part of the thing wrapped around his bicep, a collection of metal rings clasping several tiny vials of yellowish liquid. From the vials, there projected a conjoined plastic tube running into the depth of an artery. Another extrusion tapered into the small plastic joint that followed the curve of his inner arm, terminating in a silver cuff that encircled his wrist. A single button rose from its exterior. All in all, it had the look of a sort of harness. Having exposed the whole of the object, Hazel looked to where its thin, clear tubes disappeared beneath his skin. She waited for him to further explain. But when his eyes betrayed a sadness that reached out to her own, she lowered her fists and collected her fallen coffee cup. Another gulf of silence yawned between the two of them before she began again.
1: I'm very sorry, Eric. I, I didn't mean...
0: It's quite alright. I I understand completely. He offered her a thin smile for compensation. He collected his own cup, reaching out again for hers, this time with his left arm. As the storm faded into the distance, Hazel ascended the stairs with her bag in tow. Eric moved to return to the sunroom noticing that his footfalls failed to summon the floor's customary groans. Glancing down, the pale Englishman stopped. The area where Hazel had made her stand against him appeared brand new. The old wood and even the musty chair she'd sat in looked pristine, as though time had never touched them. From somewhere deep within the haunted man, a horrible presence stepped into his awareness. In a voice like thunder mixed with a landslide, it crooned. Oh my, Eric, what a wonderfully interesting corpse you've stumbled across. Can you even imagine the sounds she might make in our hands? Till at last they ran like pale whispers from betwixt our fingers. Eric shivered as he rolled his sleeve back down.